Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome home. We're glad that you're here this morning. I want to just celebrate real quickly. You heard about the, the tree out in the lobby that is our middle school ornaments for collecting shoes for middle school kids again this year and specifically odd sizes that they're running out of. I think we started with like 50 or 60 uh, needs for shoes and we're down to 17. So give God a hand. You guys are doing awesome. Thank you. And then I was, we were talking to Teresa Bailey, who's the counselor there at the school. She said, if you want to throw some socks in there as well, sounds like a crazy need, but they always need socks. So when you grab some shoes, feel free to bring some socks and throw them under the tree and we'll get those to them as well. So exciting opportunity just to give. We are also excited about this series. As you see up there on the screen, we're in a series called Unwrapped. If you're new or haven't been here the last couple of weeks, opening the real gifts of Christmas. And we've been opening gifts. We're going to be opening them until uh, Christmas Eve, and we'll end with that. But we've been talking about how God brings gifts into the world and gifts that we can use every day of our lives. We said that God initially brought in the gift of hope and how we can have hope, you know, in the midst of struggle and turmoil. We also talked about how God brings in the gift of peace into our lives. We said that God gives us a peace. Now check this out. This gift that God gives us is a peace that passes understanding and logic. And we can have that peace in our hearts every day. And then today, we're going to be unwrapping the gift that God's given us. God, Jesus, came into the world to bring us the gift of faith. Jesus came into the world to bring us the gift of faith. Can you say faith with me? You ready? Faith. Yeah. Jesus came into the world to bring us the gift of faith. And when we think about faith, the definition that comes to my mind is the definition that we see um, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance about the things we can't see. Let's read that definition from Hebrews together. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for, and it gives us assurance. Yeah, that's what faith is. Now, one of the struggles that we have to understand today is at the same time that God brings faith into the world, faith has a nemesis called fear. And there's a tension there for many of us at times because our natural response when we hear something, someone has cancer, as we've been talking about, many people in our church are battling a cancer or some type of sickness. Some people are dealing with job loss. They're looking for employment. They're struggling to find a job. Some are just struggling with this time of year because someone's not here for the, you know, they passed away or a relationship is strained. I mean, there's a million reasons why sometimes it's hard to have faith and it's easy to be filled with fear. And that paradox is what creates tension. And yet God calls us in the midst of those things I just mentioned and many other things to step out in faith. You guys remember the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Do we have any Generation Xer or older people that remember that movie? Do you guys remember that scene in the movie where his dad is going to die and he's got to go find the Holy Grail and, and heal him, you know, because it's a true story that they wrote the, the, the movie about. And he's at this canyon, right? And he can, he's, he's got to get to the other side. You know, and when we think about that, that scene there, that's how our lives are at times. 
we're faced with something and it doesn't seem like there's any way for us to get from point A to B without taking that leap of faith. And the question that we ask is, how do we move from fear-focused to faith-filled? Say that with me. How does a person move from fear-focused Man, that is a hard question. I don't care how long you've been serving God. There are times where it is hard to move from being focused on fear to being faith-filled. I think, though, in Matthew chapter 2, the Magi, the wise men, it's a story many many of us have heard before, could help us with that question. Um, If you have your Bibles and you want to go to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, you can go there with me. Or um, we've also got them on the YouVersion app. But we're just going to read this right out of the Bible today. And yeah, imagine that. And we don't have the scriptures on the screen there, but you can just follow along with me. But here's what happens in this story, okay? Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea about the time or during the time of King Herod. And about that time, say that with me, about that time... Why, some wise men from eastern lands, they arrive in Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting to note, um, most of the time when you have a nativity story, you see the Magi there in the story. But the truth is, the Magi didn't arrive until six months to two years after Jesus was born. So they weren't actually at the nativity. So about that time, it was about six months to two years. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands, they arrive in Jerusalem and they ask Herod, who's not a nice guy, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We, stars, we saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod says, uh, King Herod is deeply disturbed, and when he hears this, as, as was everyone in Jerusalem, and he calls a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of the law, and he asks them, hey, listen, anybody hear about a Messiah somewhere? You guys know anything about that? And, the, and they say, in Bethlehem in Judea, yeah, he's supposed to be born. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And so Herod's like, what? I'm the king. And then Herod calls a private meeting with these wise men that have traveled. Some suggest hundreds, others thousands of miles to see this uh, baby. He learns from them what time the star appeared. And then he tells them, he's lying to them, but he says, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for a child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can kill, so that I can worship him. And after this interview, the wise men went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So there's some things this morning when we ask that question, how do we move from being fear-focused to faith-filled There's some things that the Magi can answer for us in this story that can help us with those questions we have in our everyday life. Here's the principle that we can learn from them. If you want to experience a God-sized miracle, you have to take a faith-filled journey. If you want to experience a God-sized miracle, you have to take a faith-filled journey. Let's read that together. 
If you want to experience a God-sized miracle, you have to take. That's the truth. See, faith is not star-watching. It's star-following. Faith is not star-watching. It's star-following. Now, I'm going to be honest for just a minute. I know this is... Probably some of us can identify with this, but sometimes around this time of year, we'll be at the mall and my wife will want to go into stores and try stuff on or, or, you know, look for stuff for the kids. And when we go to those, to the mall or wherever, and she wants to go try those stuff on or look for stuff for the kids, I don't want to go with her in there. Okay. I'm just telling you. So I like to sit out in the mall there on one of those seats and, and volunteer to watch Luke or the other kids so that I don't have to go in there. Anybody else? Honest people? Jim, that's right. There you go. So a lot of times when I'm doing that, I will watch people. I'll just observe people, mainly because I just don't want to go in there and do that. And our, sometimes in life we can do that. We can come to church and we can watch people go through things and we can watch them pray and we can watch miracles take place in their lives and we can watch God take someone who doesn't have any relationship with God and God begins to move in them and it's their marriage is saved and they all these different things take place in their life and all of a sudden they have this job or all of a sudden they have a different perspective about not having a job. I mean, all this stuff starts happening. We begin to watch that. We watch the church growing. We, watch, we start seeing things happening in people's lives. We watch the photos on Facebook and we see how the homesteads, God's doing some neat things or how things are happening for other people. We start watching stuff. We're star watching. We're a fan. We're, we're a fan of all these things that are happening in people's lives. They're getting called into ministry. They're, they're going on this trip. They're serving at the Lord's Diner. They're, 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 did you see that that happened in their life or his life or their life? But we don't take the journey ourselves. We just watch. We're not, we're not following. You know, there's a difference between looking and watching. If you've ever been late, running behind, and you can't find your keys, are you watching for your keys? Or are you looking for your keys? And, you know, the star in this story, obviously, is God's plan and God's vision for you. Are you just watching? Or are you looking? Looking leads to following. Watching leads to more watching. Obviously, these wise men were looking for the prophecy. We're looking to not just read this story, but to engage in its narrative. See, the Magi left their familiar eastern lands and traveled a great distance 
Adam and I were trying to figure out this week because there's a lot of scholars that suggest a lot of things. It could have been 800 miles or 5,000 miles or 1,000 miles. It was a long ways. And it took a lot of time. Six months, a year, two years, we don't, a long time. It was a long time on long distance. From what was familiar to what was unfamiliar. A God-sized miracle doesn't happen in the familiar, usually. Typically, it happens in the unfamiliar. Where a faith-filled walk, like the video, is required. We saw his star in the east. We saw his star a thousand miles ago over in the east. And we went from looking to following. And we have come not to just see the signs and wonders. We've come to worship Him. You see, real faith begins where the familiar ends. Say it with me. Real faith begins where the familiar This isn't an action step. This is what we need to understand and know. One time I was set up on a blind date in high, or in high school. I was working at Ron's. said, hey, I want to set you up with this person. I said, well, tell me about her. I said, what's she look like? She's got a good personality. Okay, that's good. What's she look like? She's got a really good personality. Okay, good. I mean, that's awesome. But she, what, what she look, she's got a really good personality. Okay, I, okay good. That's good. See, we need to know what does faith look like before we're going to follow it. Faith is not something that's familiar most of the time. Faith happens in the unfamiliar. Faith begins where the familiar ends. We see all throughout Scripture, faith starts when he says, Hey, Abram, leave your country, leave your land, leave your people. There's this tension between familiar and unfamiliar because are we a fan or are we a follower are we we like the idea of people that engage in the unfamiliar but as for me in my house unlike joshua we will serve the lord until he asks us to do something that would require us to do anything outside of watching all these gifts that we're going to be unpacking this gift here is probably the the least likely to, for you to say this was a good sermon. Yeah, it was all right. This message was okay. Why? Well, because he was asking us to do something and the rest of them is just hope, peace, joy, love people. I can deal with that. But this, this, this one, this one's asking for us to do something. So it was all right. They left the familiar for the unfamiliar. And then the encounter, after they leave the familiar... And journey out into the unfamiliar, doing God's work, they encounter an obstacle, an evil person. Did you know that when you try to follow God's will, not everybody's going to try to help you? Sometimes when you follow God's will and you try to do the right thing, sometimes people are not going to help you. Job was trying to do the right thing. And his wife was such a support when all the things were going down. 
that instead of saying, honey, hang in there, she said, curse God and die. She's a supporter, isn't she? And they encounter an obstacle in Herod. They don't necessarily know he's an obstacle. The Bible doesn't necessarily say. But what we do know is, is that there's an obstacle there. Whether they're conscious of it or not, this man does not have their best interest at heart. Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? And when we encounter an obstacle or someone that we feel like maybe isn't for us stepping out in faith, it would be easy for us to turn around. Hey, Abraham, you remember God wanted you to start a new nation? Well, I'm your uncle Eddie, and I just want you to know that's dumb. I don't think you need to leave your country to do that. You need to stop doing stuff like that. You're always trying to listen to God. You just stay here. And the first sign of trouble, we just chuck faith and we pick up fear. You know, we probably, we put fear down for just a little bit. And we picked up faith. We just pick it up. We start carrying it around. Hey, God's calling me to go do this. But the first time that we encounter something that's hard, you know what? Let's just put that down and I'm going to take what's my default, which is fear. But to avoid getting consumed with fear, we just have to keep looking up. To avoid getting consumed with fear on this journey, they had to just keep looking up. If you look at your Bibles and you're in Matthew chapter 2, check this out. They meet with this guy that doesn't have their best interest at heart. They've been following this star in the sky, this presence of God that's leading them to the plan that he has for them. And after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen... And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. The star didn't leave them because they encountered Herod. And the star doesn't leave you and I when we encounter obstacles along the path of faith. Amen. So don't look out and around. And don't look down. Look up. We see that with Peter when he gets out of the boat. When he's fixed on Jesus, he's able to do the miraculous. As he begins to get focused on the elements, he begins to sink. Keep our eyes fixed. On Jesus. Franklin D. Roosevelt, in this idea of being filled with fear, he said that courage is not the absence of fear, but the assessment, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. In our lives, when God is calling us to faith, I think it would be not only unfair, but I think it would be foolish for us to believe that there aren't moments, maybe even the whole time, that we're stepping out in faith, for us to realize that we are also going to be, at times, having elements or components or a certain amount of fear. This is crazy. This is crazy. We're going to go follow this star and leave all this stuff and leave. But when you believe in something, 
I have no idea how God could ever put them back together. I have no idea how God is going to ever find me a job. I've looked all over the place. I have no idea how that person will ever speak to that person ever again. I have no idea how that is ever going to happen. And you know what? Fear's wanting to consume me, but I'm going to look up and I'm going to say, there is something greater than fear out there. There is this courage that comes from Jesus Christ, that comes from my faith, and I believe there's going to be a day that the impossible is going to be possible. So I'm going to keep looking up. We also note in this story that once the star stopped over the home where Jesus was, the Magi were overjoyed and they worshipped Him. They'd seen the star in the east and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were what? They were overjoyed. Rejoice when the faith-filled journey produces a God-sized miracle. I preached a message a couple years back about um, fingerprints on the window of our house and how I looked at those fingerprints as just something to clean off the window. The kids are getting them dirty. And I began to realize these aren't just fingerprints to wipe away. These are, these are my kids' fingerprints that someday aren't going to be on the windows. And it led me to believe that there's fingerprints of God in my life that I don't always see. And we need to rejoice over some things that we have not rejoiced over. There's miracles taking place in your life, whether you believe it or not. One of the neat things is I'll, I'll, I, we have board meetings, church board meetings. And I'll look at last month's prayer requests. I mean, we'll have a bunch of stuff. And almost even monthly, we'll look at those. That was answered. That was answered. That was answered. Still praying about that one and that one. That was answered. I ran across one from three years ago. The whole thing was answered. We got to rejoice. Do you have healthy kids? That's a miracle. Do you have a job? That's a miracle. Do you have someone in your life that cares about you? That's a miracle. Are things better than they were? That's a miracle. Do you have hope that they can be better than they were? Miracle. Sometimes it's hard to step out in faith. I remember as a church when we were just considering buying this house, two houses down. A lot of us were like, man, is this going to work? I think it's working. We don't see these college students over there and hear the stories that we're hearing weekly if we didn't take the journey to do it. We won't see them. They wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be any stories. That's just one of our church's stories. What is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to step out in faith? We also see here in this story that there's the big miracle is that they encounter this baby Jesus and, and their faith is fulfilled and, they, and, and it's a miracle and it's exciting and it, you know it, it was worth all the months of traveling and sand in your nose and, 
and arguing with the guy because he's annoying you as you're riding on camels and encountering Herod and being shaken in your boots knowing this guy could kill you and just not knowing, uh, you know, is this insane? And then seeing the baby and realizing that this is a miracle. But there's also miracles that happen after the miracle. And there's a reminder here that while we all love the big miracle, the, this is the big one, right, on Christmas vacation, this is it, this is the big one. There's also these smaller ones that happen. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by what? By what? For God gave them another miracle and warned them in a, in a dream not to return to Herod. Remember, miracles take on all different types of shapes and sizes. If you want to experience a God-sized miracle, you have to take a faith-filled journey. And it would be easy for us to say, how many miracles are in this story? And from a glance for us to say, one. But if you study this passage of Scripture, there was a ton. Don't keep waiting for the big miracle. And miss all the smaller ones on the way. And miss the ones after the big one. If Herod finds Jesus, if the Magi go the exact same route that they came, Jesus is dead. In theory, God would have probably made a way. But in theory. Their simple act of miraculous obedience saying, I will go the route that you asked me to go. Pave the way for Jesus to get out of harm's way. I think that this message this morning is vulnerable for you to feel like it's the worst one because the first two are feel good. And so is the last two. Next week is joy. And the Christmas morning is love. Those are fun. Make us feel good. This week, this gift asks something of us. It requires something. James, in the book of James, it says, Faith with no actions is dead. We don't like being asked things. And yet, God calls us not to watch, but to follow. What star is God calling you to follow in faith? Say it with me. What star is God calling you? I loved the message on hope. 
Because we all need hope. There's people around the world and in our community and in the church that feel hopeless. And and it's a good message to talk about hope. I love this idea of peace. How timely is it right now in our world where there's no peace? And I like what you guys did with the song that Brian and Matt sang about peace on earth. That was good. I don't know how you guys came up with that. That was good. But this this one today, eh. It's on faith, and faith is asking something of me. It's not just something I can listen to and feel better. It's requiring me to move. It's requiring me to grow. It's requiring me to trust. But if you follow God, if you're a follower, not a watcher, if you haven't already, if you're a follower, you will be asked to follow Sometimes that following is big, like go 800 miles and be a missionary. Sometimes that star may not be as big. Tell your husband you're sorry. That's the star I want you to follow today. Tell your child you're sorry. You overreacted. That's the star I want you to follow. I want you to, tomorrow I'm going to tell you, I want you to actually... Not be ashamed of what you believe and tell somebody at work about God. That's the star I want you to follow. It doesn't matter how bright or how dim. We're just supposed to be faithful to the, fall, to the stars God's calling us to follow. The plans, the vision. So what star is God calling you to follow in faith? Just a minute when we sing, we've got these little cards here and on the outside it says what star is God calling you to follow in faith and if you want to open it up there's a little star with the word faith on it and on the back we're asking you to write what it is that God's calling you to follow what's interesting and I was telling Adam this in the first service normally we pass out stuff today we had had him coming up here to get them. Not as many people came. They'd take them. But when you were asking somebody to come and grab one and actually go do something and think about what it is God's calling them to do, there was, li- there was less. Maybe not everybody's called to get one. But surely, in a group this size, God is calling someone to answer The question, what star is God calling you to follow in faith? Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, you call us out of our box. Father, regardless of how big or how small, may we be found faithful in following the stars that you have for us. We give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you, Lord, that it's not just a story with magi, that it's a story that can be real in our life. In Jesus' name. In that video clip earlier, 
Do you remember Indiana Jones's demeanor before he took the step? I just can relate to that. If you don't remember, he's just like, I remember in college arguing with God one night about my call to ministry. I'd been called however long ago, and I remember just, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything, and my life was miserable. And I remember the peace that I felt when I said, okay. It's been a struggle. It's been a journey. journey. It's been lonely. It's been awesome. It's been hard. It's been rewarding. It's been time consuming. It's been stressful. It's been full of ups and full of downs. But through all of it, I love what God has called me to do. And He has been faithful. And in your life, if we will just practice obedience. Not, God's not always calling us to follow a star every day of the year that's going to lead us a thousand miles from home. But as we practice with the little things, saying we're sorry, telling the truth, being, being faithful with the little things, there will be a time where God's going to reveal something to us. It may be a long, big thing. It may be something a little bit different. Maybe it's calling us to not marry a person that we want to marry, but we got to trust God. It may be just stepping out. It could be a million different things with a million different things. But if we've been practicing being faithful, there'll be a time where it's going to be fruitful. If we practice being faithful... It will be fruitful. Maybe not in the world's eyes. Maybe. But in God's eyes, it will be fruitful. Lord Jesus, thank you today that you give us the gift of faith. And you go with us. Even though the path we may take is unfamiliar, the guide who accompanies accompanies us on that path isn't. Even though, Lord, the path is unfamiliar, the guide who goes with us isn't. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind us, Father, that your presence goes with us. Your plan goes before us. Help us to trust you. Help us to trust the one we can't see, despite the circumstances that we can see. We give you praise and glory and honor for who you are. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.